0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. We are in Esther chapter 3 with a message, Haman schemes, Mordecai stands, but heaven rules. Haman is going to plot his terrible decree against the Jews, Mordecai won't bow, but heaven is overruling all of it with the providential unseen hand of God, but his fingerprints are everywhere. We'll learn more about that today on Walk in Truth. These are the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. Before we get started with today's message, we want to let you know that this is a listener-supported ministry. Call with your gift at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Have you ever had a day where... You could say 27 things went right today, but this one person, why the long face, honey? (laughs) Mordecai! The one, we tend to focus on the one thing that goes wrong despite all the other things that went right for us. Is that you? Are you the focuser on the negative? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of good things going on, but, but this. My TV show's off the air forever. <laughs> what? My team lost in the playoffs. That was a terrible call, non-call, by the refs against the Saints which is a biblical football team. The Saints! Somehow that's wrong. I know there's Rams fans here. Rams are biblical too, right? Ram caught in the thicket. Genesis 22. It's all there. Anyway, never mind. We digress. Oh, I knew that was going to stir the crowd right there. But he disdained to lay hands on Mordecai 6 alone, for they had told him who the people of Mordecai were. He finds finds out he's Jewish. Therefore Haman, what? Sought to destroy all the Jews, the people of Mordecai, who were throughout the whole kingdom of Ahasuerus. Haman, filled with rage, doesn't want just Mordecai to pay the price. He decides that all Jews should die in light of the fact that Mordecai won't bow down to him. What? Where where this hatred? Why why this radical move that he believes all Jews should die? Listen to this NIV application commentary. One source reports that in the last century alone, an average of 300,000 Christians have been martyred each year. Did you hear that number? In the last century alone, the average number of Christians martyred per year is 300,000. When's the last time you heard a news report on Christian persecution? When's the last time that you heard a statistic like that given to you about, you know, Christians get blamed for, the Christians are responsible for this and that. When's the last time you heard a report about the Christian hospitals that are built? Uh, Christian ministries that are going into AIDS-dominated areas, going into disaster areas. Uh, You know, uh, Christian persecution, 300,000 people a year martyred simply for being Christians. Well, Mordecai probably couldn't have imagined that his stand... Not bowing to Haman would have this kind of sweeping consequence. But I'll say this to you. Haman's uh, decision is no less than satanically energized. Let me give you some names here. Haman, Herod, Hitler. Three H's. Haman wants to destroy all the Jews because Mordecai won't bow down to him. Herod killed all the baby boys, Matthew 2.16, in uh, Bethlehem because he was afraid of the king of the Jews, the Messiah, and Herod killed all the babies. Two years old, males, two years old and under. And Hitler tried to wipe out an entire race of people. And I will tell you, in all three cases and many more that I could cite, satanically energized because Satan hates the people of God and has been trying to destroy the people of God since really the beginning. That's the only explanation for this. He wants all Jews to die? Why? Because the source is Satan. So in the first month, seven, which is the month of Nisan, that's the Jewish month of Abib. Nisan is a Babylonian name. In the 12th year, uh, scholars put this at 474 BC, of King Ahasuerus, pur that is the lot, was cast before Haman from day to day, and from month to month until the 12th month, that is the month Adar, that's our February, March. And there would be an 11 month interval from the month of Nisan, all the way back to Adar. The month of Nisan is a bib for the Jews. It's the first month of the religious calendar. So if you think Nisan, just think Passover, because that's the Passover month for the Jew. And so in the first month, uh, this is what happens. The lot begins to be cast, and through some sort of divination, to find out you know, what the gods or fate would say. Uh, Haman's looking for the proper time to execute his wrath against all the Jews. See the word "pur" there? That's the singular form. The, the plural form of "pur" or lot is Purim. And that's the feast that the Jews celebrate based upon the book of Esther, is the feast of Purim which celebrates God's deliverance from Haman's evil plot. This is the origin of the feast's name, Purim, for the lot that is cast. And interestingly enough, the New Living Translation has it this way. So in the month of April, during the twelfth year of King Xerxes, five years since Esther became the queen, lots were cast in Haman's presence. The lots were called Purim, to determine the best day and month to take action. And the day selected was March 7th, nearly a year later or 11 months later. So all this is unfolding in the month of Nisan. He rolls the dice. That's kind of what an ancient lot was, kind of a strange thing to us, but they tried to find out the will of the stars or fate or the gods. But Proverbs 16.33 says this, the lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. You could, you could cast lots, but God supersedes it all, is Proverbs 16, So then Haman said to King Ahasuerus 8, there is a certain people, he doesn't name them, scattered and dispersed among the peoples in all the provinces of your kingdom. Their laws are different from those of all other people. That's certainly true. They do not observe the king's laws. I'm not sure that's true because only Mordecai refused to bow to him. There's nothing else we're told about other Jews in Persia. So it is not in the what? The king's interest to let them, this people group, remain. Now had Haman slipped in that I'm talking about the Jewish race, uh, there's a couple things that would be in the king's interest like uh, his queen is Jewish, Esther. Her name, Hadassah, we find out. And Mordecai, who just saved his life from an assassination plot, is also a Jew. If he had known that, if he was told the truth, but Haman is a master of manipulation. Know anybody like that? Keep out some key details like, you know, this edict will mean your wife will have to die. I'm sure you're good with that, right? Wrong. And so he, he puts this before the, the king, but he's a liar. And Satan is a liar and the father of lies. And he says, if it's pleasing to the king, nine, let it be decreed, they be destroyed. This people group who's so different and so forth. And I will pay 10,000 talents of silver. This is a huge amount into the hands of those who carry on the king's business to put it into the king's treasuries. Now, secular history tells us that the king had suffered some losses in military warfare, so maybe the coffers needed to be replenished. I don't know. I don't know if there was a carrot that he dangled or whatever. But he says, hey, this will pay handsomely as well, and it'll go right back into the kingdom. This will be a win-win, king. And the king took his signet ring, kind of an ancient signature, from his hand, and he gave it to Haman, uh, uh, essentially saying, my authority is now in your hands. And uh, literally, they take a ring, and they would impress it in hot wax to seal an official document. And so he took the signet ring and gave it to Haman, the son of Hamadatha. We're reminded again why all this is happening. He's the Agagite. He's the enemy of the Jews. And so here's the decree. He wants all these Jews to be destroyed. And the king said to Haman, the silver is yours. I'm not even worried about the money. The people also, to do with them as you please. You could see the wry smile break onto Haman's face. Awesome. Fine. I'll be rid of Mordecai and everybody connected to him. And a sinister laugh behind the laugh of an ancient enemy, a fallen uh, high angel who seems to be getting his way. And the king looks the other way. He doesn't even check to see who the people group is. You want to talk about abdicating responsibility? Uh, I don't even want to know. (laughs) What? And had he known, he wouldn't have ever done it. Looking the other way is not leadership. Then the king's scribes were summoned on the 13th day of the first month. The 13th day of the first month, brothers and sisters, is the day before Passover. Passover is the 14th of Nisan. You could look at Exodus 12, Leviticus 23. This is the day before Passover. You could say for us maybe the day before Good Friday or the day before our Easter weekend celebration. Uh, A holiday that's supposed to be about victory and hope. Of course, the Passover is certainly about the death of the, the lamb, but then it leads us into a celebration that it doesn't end there and that we have salvation through the cross, through his blood but the Jewish people can't celebrate their historical holiday with the literal blood of a literal lamb remembering God's delivering hand because now an edict has gone out. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. We understand that time can really get away from you. The day-to-day hustle can sometimes leave little time for the more important things in life, like Bible study. Remember that Pastor Michael's teachings can be heard at any time, day or night, on walkintruth.com. You don't have to worry that you have to get out of the car right now, because today's teaching is already online, ready for you to listen when it's most convenient for you. Visit walkintruth.com today to hear all the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance. That's walkintruth.com. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. But the Jewish people can't celebrate their historical holiday with the literal blood of a literal lamb, remembering God's delivering hand, because now an edict has gone out to kill all of their people. It's the 13th day of the first month, of the day before the Passover. And the implicit question is, can God deliver again from the evil plan to wipe out his people? And it was written just as Haman commanded to the king's satraps, to the governors, 12, who were over each province, to the princes of each people, each province according to its script, each people according to its language, being written in the name of the king and sealed with the king's signet ring. Most believe that this all unfolds uh, April 7th, 474 BC. And the question, is their fate sealed? Can there be another radical deliverance by God? Can you imagine when word gets out the day before Passover and the Jews know there's a decree of death upon them? Can you imagine the holiday turning from joy to sorrow? You remember a couple years back when all those little kids were killed around Christmas time in that school? And we were moving into, I think it was right, right in the midst of the Christmas season and that terrible tragedy. Happen. That's kind of, you know, maybe a little how we can get our arms around this. And so the Jews have Passover. The letters were sent by couriers to all the king's provinces to destroy, to kill, sadly to annihilate all the Jews, both young and old, women and children, in one day, the 13th day of the 12th month, which is the month of Adar, and to seize their possessions as plunder. From the time that this all was decided, the lot was cast that they would wait 11 months. The calendar would go almost a year to the month of Adar. So it was kind of made in April. The decree was made in April, and the calendar would go back to the next uh, February, March, if you will, to carry out the decree. So there was 11 months to wait, essentially. Can you imagine that 11 months? Imagine the pressure and the, the tears. The next chapter will tell us that uh, Mordecai uh, tears his clothes 4 one, puts on sackcloth and ashes, goes into the midst of the city, begins to wail. We'll see more of that uh, because of the decree that's put out. A copy of the edict, uh, 14, back in chapter 3. To be issued as law in every province was published to all the peoples so that they should be ready for this day. The couriers, kind of like the earlier decree that went out about husbands and wives in chapter 1, went out impelled by the king's command while the decree was issued in Susa, the capital. And while the king and Haman sat down to drink, the city of Susa was in confusion. Can you imagine? People heard about the decree and they were like, what? There's a decree that all Jewish people should be killed in some way. I'm supposed to participate in that decree? I have a good friend at work named Mordecai. I know he's Jewish. I'm not gonna do that. Oh, it's the king's decree. And by the way, maybe there's some money in it for you. Or you can seize their possessions. After you take their family out, you can take their shoes and clothes and gold. And it's an official decree with the signet seal of the king. A book was written at the time that the, turn turn to John 7 and we're wrapping it up. At the time when Nazi Germany was setting their sights on the Jewish people, the church was there in Germany. And there are people who tell stories that you know, as time unfolded um, and the Jews were going off in the death trains uh, to the concentration camps, that there would be people who were in church on a Sunday morning singing hymns. And some of the witnesses from this time say, they would hear the whistle of the train, the death train, coming behind their church on a Sunday morning. And they would sing louder hymns to God in church to drown out the cries and the screams of the people on the train and the whistle of the train. They would sing their hymns louder to try to drown out the reality of what was happening in their nation. Can you imagine being in a church service, hearing a train whistle go by, knowing hundreds and hundreds of people are going to die simply because of their ethnicity and singing louder so you don't have to deal with it? That's largely what the church did in Germany. And that was only decades ago. Unthinkable, isn't it? What humanity can sink to. Jesus said in John 7, 7, the world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify to it that its deeds are evil. And then John 15, look at 18. This explains a lot. And I just want to leave you with some of these thoughts. I look at our nation today just like you do, and I, and I start asking some big questions about the division, the disagreements, the hate, the, the extreme positions that some people take. And I have to ask a question as a pastor. And here's my question. Are we ignoring that a lot of the origin of this stuff is spiritual? I think we are, as a nation, ignoring. I think it's easy for people in high places to dismiss the spiritual as a joke. For many of them, that's what they think. It's a joke. There is no relevance to this. Why are we talking about the Bible? Did you see the video clip when we did the video clip? Why does this book mean anything to anybody? Why should we even bother talking about, why are we talking about the Bible? We got bigger problems, I'm telling you, because at the root of a lot of our worldwide problems is a spiritual root. Do you believe that? And to get to the root The word of God must go out from the pulpits of America with uncompromising clarity, but also with love and compassion. Because if we look down our noses at other people and we don't say, hey, I was was there. I understand. But there's a better way. We're we're not going to give the answer that the world needs. The answer to the problem is Christ. Our king is a king of love. He saves us from the decree of death, sin and death. Would you pray with me? Father, just thank you so much for a decree had gone out. The wages of sin is death. But we have a king of love, a king that cares about us, and a king that says that decree will not stand. And in fact, I love you so much. I'm gonna step in and die and suffer what you should have suffered by that decree because I'm a king of love. This is the king that we serve. Jesus said, they hated me without a cause. Yet we look to a cross, Lord, and we see that crimson flow, that blood running down, a crown of thorns placed on your head, a decree that went out that all should die because of sin. And we understand that. But then we see the king of love step in and say, no, I'm going to take the fall for my people. I'm going to let that crown of thorns be pressed into my brow. I'm going to take the nails in my hands and my feet. I'm going to bear the weight of their sin. I'm going to pay the redemption price. And what the enemy intended for evil a cross. God exploited for good as you always do, Lord. And the story of Esther is a story of the gospel. It's the story of a God, a king of love who intervenes. Sometimes we can't always see it. Sometimes we don't always see the, the clear trail, but we sense your presence and we can look back and see the fingerprints. And so help us, Lord, in times of crisis, and times of inexplicable evil, times when we feel even alienated simply because we're a Christian, that we know you are for us and not against us. And there is an answer to what ails us. And we are praying that we are on the cusp of a revival in America because we love this country, Lord. We're praying that your church would awaken. We're praying that it would start with us. It would start with me, my house, my heart, Thank you that you have thwarted evil, wicked schemes like Haman proposed. But we know also that your people have suffered, and you said, in this world, you're going to have some trouble. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. You keep your head and heart bowed. If you've not met Jesus and you don't know him, then you don't know hope. He is the God of hope, but he can give you hope right now. Just... Ask him into your life, something this simple. Lord Jesus, just pray it right now if it's you. Don't let this moment pass you by. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I'm sorry for my sin, but I thank you that you are the King of love and that you died in my place and took my punishment, took the wrath of God for me. I repent of my sin and trust you as my Savior, my Lord, and my King. If you're a backslidden Christian, or maybe you just have kind of maybe turned a little bit because of struggles and pressures, it's a good time to just rededicate your life to walking with him tonight, right now. No excuses, no turning back. Just, just say, Lord, I just wanna, I wanna be back where I was. I wanna walk with you strong. I wanna serve you and be a vessel for you. And, and Father, for this wonderful congregation, All the saints that are here that are fighting the good fight, may you bless them, may you keep them, may your beautiful face shine on them, may you give them power, strength, endurance, faith, all that they need. Just touch them, bless them, strengthen them, encourage them in the king of love, in the reality of your love for us, Lord. It's so good, so beautiful. We thank you. Amen. Yes, Lord, we thank you. And we thank you for tuning in and diving into the book of Esther with us on Walk in Truth. Hey, if it's your very first time listening to this broadcast, welcome aboard. Keep listening and tell a friend about what you're hearing on this station. Tomorrow we will begin chapter four and we'll see the rise of the heroine of the story in Esther. That's Esther herself. We've been introduced to her, but now she will begin to rise and really have to make some tough decisions in a terrible moment for the Jews and the entire nation. Chapter four's title is the same as this entire series, Esther for such a time as this. You can get your copy of the audio of this great series in Esther when you visit our website and give a donation of $30 or more. We really appreciate your partnership and your contributions to help this ministry. It really means a lot to us and we appreciate you guys. We want to grow. We want to see this ministry thrive and reach more people. And we really need your help. So pray for us and give as you can. The website again is walkintruth.com. You can find our mailing address there if you choose to go that way with snail mail at walkintruth.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you tomorrow on this station. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, encouraging you to reach out with God's truth to all people.